it is quoted frequently that your goals should be smart. Two things. Number one, if that's the case, how come not one of 258 top achievers in the to date have said, I set realistic or achievable smart goals when I've asked them? Second thing, George T. Duran, the inventor of the acronym SMART, not once have I seen him quoted as saying your goal should be SMART. What he is quoted, Ricky, this, this was like the for me. He says several times when working on really big projects, the steps to your goal should be SMART. Hey, so <laughs> that was just like poof for me. That was like, OMG, hashtag amazeballs. So we've been setting realistic goals, deliberately setting ourselves up for average at best. Yeah. When all successful do people do is set massive goals, realistic and achievable steps. Welcome to the Unlock Podcast with me, Ricky Locke, the podcast that is part of my adventure into unlocking how to be the best version of ourselves and live an extraordinary life. Welcome to this week's episode. You are in for a treat this week. This is probably one of my favourite episodes. Well, I shouldn't say favourites. They're all favourites, really. But I loved chatting to David Heiner. If you are like me and you set goals or dreams or ambitions in your personal life, your career or your business, then this is the episode for you because you might want to reevaluate some of those goals after you listen to this episode because we talk about why smart goals do not work. They just set us up for mediocrity at best. And in this conversation, through David's amazing research over 250 top achievers, he's found the key to success that it's massive goals, not smart goals, that is the way forward. So if you are like me at this time of the year, you are currently working towards your goals for 2022 or even beyond. If you're listening to this in the future, then hello to you as well. But this is the episode for you. You are going to learn why smart goals do not work, but why you should be setting massive goals. Now, without further ado, enjoy this episode with the amazing David Heiner. Hello and welcome to the Unlock Podcast with me, Ricky Locke. Today's guest is a researcher and speaker who has interviewed over 250 top achievers and has presented to over 1 million people in the last 20 years. Welcome to the show, David Heiner. Hi, Ricky. Thanks for inviting me on. Good to be with you. Pleasure, David. This is uh, our fourth take, but slick as usual. It is a pleasure to have you on here. I'm, I'm very excited to have this conversation. I know we briefly met last year at the, the Spring Conference at PSA, and uh, I'm really excited to have you on because the time that this podcast goes out, it is that time of year where everybody starts to write down, sit down, what do they want to achieve this year? What are their goals, their dreams and ambitions? And I know that you are somewhat of an expert in this field with massive, huge goals which we will come on to in a little bit. But first, if people haven't discovered you, and I don't know how because you are amazing, but if they haven't discovered you, David, how, who are you and what is it that you do? Who am I? Question I ask myself frequently. Okay, my background comes from being uh, and kind of average chubby little guy from Birmingham in the UK who for the first 30 years of his life went out of his way to achieve mediocrity at best. I avoided having a go at stuff partly out of fear of failure, partly out of fear of succeeding, if I'm honest, a bit of low self-esteem stuff, but also because no one had ever taught me properly how to have a self-belief to go after big stuff. I always just thought, oh, this is my lot. You know, I used to be a chef and 
goodness knows, I've become this professional speaker and researcher. And along the way, I, I did all right as a chef, don't get me wrong, I was okay. Uh, but, but I was a micromanager, a control freak. I wouldn't delegate to my staff. And so we were very good at what we did, but I wasn't growing the business. So I, because of my fear of education that I had, um, I thought, how on earth can I learn how to succeed? And I was lucky in that my customers were the who's who of the West Midlands. Oh. Yeah, my customers were the entrepreneurs, captains of industry, theatre managers, football club owners. You know, I, my guess, my list was the who's who. And I just started sitting down with them like we are today, um, talking about their catering for their event, and then go, I was like, come on, Ricky, tell me. I've known you years now. What is it you do differently to everybody else? How do you set goals? What is, what's made you, you freak, so unique and successful? <laughs> and what they told me, honestly, Ricky, contradicted everything I'd ever learned in a book, on a training course, anything I'd ever been told or taught. And it was all simple. And that, that is the thing that it just ignited me because everything they said was simple, 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 easy to do. You see, your posters are coming off the, the walls. falling down. They're that excited, yeah. The thought of it. And all I could see is that they're normal people doing extraordinary things and there's no genius involved. They just think and behave differently. And the more I drilled down, the more I learned. And eventually one day I plucked up the courage and after a threat from one of the top achievers I interviewed that I better apply this stuff if you're sharing it with me. Um, I actually had to go and thank God, thank luck, thank the little green man, whatever whatever you believe in. It's, I smashed it out of the ballpark. And wow. ever since then, I've always had this acceptance rather than an understanding that we will fail occasionally. Mm. Yeah. But when you go big on something with a real sense of purpose on a massive goal, nine times out of 10, you do all right. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And and obviously from moving from the, the, the kind of catering side to now what you're doing, I mean, doing my research here, hopefully I've got this all correct, but former BBC radio show host, um, over 100 plus Kindle books, multi obviously award winning international speaker and uh, motivational speaker, PSAE award and fellow the ISM Lifetime Award. Uh, you've obviously spoken to a million people, as we've said, over the last 22 years. And um, you're only on a stretch development, I believe, as well. That's right. Yeah, and obviously lots of different conversations about goal setting, memory skills, Gen Z, finding your purpose and achieving goals. And a big thing as well, uh, I did hear this on another podcast, which is a fantastic story about raising a quarter of a million pounds for charity as well. Well, we did that in one event. Wow. <laughs> with myself and my mate, we actually are responsible for breaking four charity fundraising records and raising well over three quarters of a million pounds in our spare time. That's just insane. And, and this is all from the principles that you've been learning from talking to these wonderful 250 people. 100%. Wow. So uh, I think this is really fascinating. And, and the whole purpose of this podcast is to unlock the best version of ourselves and live an extraordinary life. And I just think that it's a very similar thing that what I'm doing. I'm talking to people like yourself and experts from around the world. And I find it fascinating that people, that normal people can achieve absolutely extraordinary success with these principles. And you have a, a really, I'm not going to reveal too much because I'll let you do the talking in a second, but you have this wonderful thing about massive goals and how smart goals, ex-corporate guy here as well, um, are pants pretty much. So can you tell us a little bit about this idea of why smart goals don't work? 
I'm a I'm a brummy, right? So I'm a born cynic and a skeptic. If I'm skeptical, that's me being optimistic, right? So <clears throat> most people from Birmingham and the West Midlands think personal development is fluffy, woolly nonsense. I was in that camp, and when all the top achievers were saying, "This is how I set goals," this is how I set, the most common thing that came out of it was that not one person then, and in the last 258 research interviews, not one of these amazing men and women who have achieved at the highest level in business, sports, science, academia, politics, community, charity, you, you name the sector of, of, of interview people in it. Not one of them, when I asked, how do you set goals, ever used the words achievable, <laughs> realistic, or smart in their answer. Mm. Now, that, for me, was like, ooh, got something there. But, but the flip side of that is that in my head, I went, hold on, every business management training course, every business school in the world, the MBA, everybody's teaching SMART goals. And for those who don't know, SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound Goals. It is nearly always misquoted because people assume wrongly that the quote comes from a, a legend called Peter Drucker, and he tweaked that acronym slightly, and he borrowed it from a guy called George T. Duran. George T. Duran was a project manager in the United States who worked on multi-billion dollar water utility projects and lectured at university on project management. He, it is quoted frequently that your goals should be smart. Two things. Number one, if that's the case, how come not one of 258 top achievers to date have said, I set realistic or achievable smart goals when I've asked them? Second thing, George T. Duran, the inventor of the acronym SMART, not once have I seen him quoted as saying your goal should be smart. What he is quoted, Ricky, this, this was like that for me. This was, he says several times when working on really big projects, the steps to your goal should be smart. That's different. Ah. That's different. Different. Yes. Hey, so <laughs> that was just like poof for me. That was OMG, hashtag amazeballs. So we've been setting realistic goals, deliberately setting ourselves up for average at best. Yeah. When all successful do people do is set massive goals, realistic and achievable steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a mic drop moment, isn't it? This, yeah. But as I said right at the top of this, simple, obvious. So obvious, nobody's doing it. And what they do is they read a book or hear a quote or read something on Wiki about, you know, oh, the creator of Acting was Peter Drucker, and they accept it. They just accept. I urge everyone who is into personal development to dig a little deeper, find out the creator, the original source, and its intent for every model you ever use. You might be surprised. That's absolutely amazing. And it, and it just makes me feel like, you know, my ex-corporate days of smart. And I remember sitting there, going, oh, this just feels awful, you know, having every little single letter of that acronym spelled out. Um, but it's funny, isn't it? Like that whole, um, you know, I think, was it attainable, did you say, for the A? Yeah, I mean, the, the old phrase for me was was achievable. That was the old thing. But like even, do you think like Olympic runners or Olympic gold medalists say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for an achievable uh, goal here? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> could, could you imagine yeah. someone turning around to the ancient pharaohs of Egypt and going, you want to be a what? Yeah. In the desert, yeah. Okay, with with big rocks, we've got no machinery, no heavy lifting gear. You want to do what? No, mate, can't be yeah. done. Yeah, <laughs> Ep 
And, and there's, there's a wonderful guy called Jules Morgan, world-renowned marine design engineer, uh, 12 times world powerboat racing champion, twice world record holder. You know, you and I, we get successful through osmosis sitting next to this black rock. <laughs> and he says, can you name me one thing of man or womankind's greatest ever achievements that would have happened if they'd have set realistic goals? It's like space, isn't it? Oh, no. It's, yeah. Are we going to you know, fly to space? Well, yeah, it's, it's not achievable, is it? So we're not going to do it. <laughs> it's, it's funny, actually, because there's something, there's the old phrase, isn't there, which is kind of space related, isn't it? Shoot for the stars. And if you land on the moon, then. I love that you say that because life life, and our industry of training, learning, development, coaching, consulting, facilitation, it's full of cheesy metaphors, anecdotes, and quotes. Yeah. We all assume, oh, they're nice, they're cheesy, little motivational, semantic quotes. Here's the thing. The top achievers I've interviewed, they live by these quotes. Yes. They, they don't have it as a poster on their office wall and go, oh, look, a bloke engineer standing on a <laughs> with, you know, reach for the star. No, they live by these quotes. Yeah. Um, and if I can, I can give you one example, there was a, there's a guy, um, a wonderful, inspiring uh black guy, um, African-American in Birmingham, called Carl George. Now, Carl George, in his life, he's achieved lots of things. Very successful man. He's, his ethos was, I try to get into the top 10% of whatever I put my mind to. And when he was young, he says, I, I decided on this quote as being my life mantra. Now, Ricky, you're an effective guy. You're a successful guy. You're very good at what you do. I'll pay you uh, later. Thank you, David. Thank you. I, I, I aspire to hang on to your coattails in that context. <laughs> and, and can you imagine the pressure we, or anybody listening to this or watching this, would put themselves through by following this quote as a passion for life, right? His quote is, other people try, I make sure. Now, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. If you if you if you make sure next time, you're going to succeed. But could you imagine living? Um, and annoyingly, he's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's annoyingly nice. Um, he's intelligent. He's wealthy. He's successful. I hate him. <laughs> he's, he's he's a smashing guy. And everything he does, he says, "Let other people try. I make sure." Wow, I love that. I love it. it it's um, quite relevant to a conversation I was having with, um, with with my mentor Steve, as we were having just before this, about some of the four master beliefs, about um, beliefs as a table, as a metaphor, what that looks like. But there is no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. It's what you do with that and how you move forward. Um, funnily enough, actually, I don't know if you've seen this. This this has um, come to mind recently, but have you watched over Christmas time or maybe just before on Netflix, 14 Peaks? No. David, you're going to love this, love this. So this works really well. And I think there could be an image for the podcast listeners won't see this, but I'm kind of doing like a mountain kind of thing here. Like David has a pyramid thing. Yeah, we're dancing here in a minute, um, which we're going to move on to in a second. But so his name's Nims Persia. This is probably some really good evidence maybe for your next keynote. I don't know. Check it out, though. Watch your Netflix maybe in the hotel tonight. But um, he basically climbed 14 peaks. So this is like Everest. So the big... 8,000 meter plus peak. So Everest uh, and all the, I think it's like K2 as well. Um, the previous record was over seven years. Now that was without oxygen. He does it in six months and six days. Now, the reason, David, you might not have heard about it, it is on Netflix, but he's from Nepal. So he's Nepalese. He was um, in the SAS, but he retired early because he wanted to achieve this dream. And I think the project was called um, Project Impossible. 
And the whole idea of it, everybody told him, it ain't going to happen for you. Uh, you know, 14 peaks in seven months. Pfft, it's not going to happen. And um, he actually did it within, obviously, six months and six days. And he was also quite relatively unknown in the mountain community. So everybody who he came up against, they said, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it. And he set a huge, big goal, like a pyramid, like a mountain, David. Um, and basically, here's something that I read when I did the research about it. It's, it's inspiring. If you watch it, it's absolutely amazing. The thing that he struggled with that he said, it wasn't the fitness, it wasn't the climbing, it wasn't the lack of oxygen, but it was because he struggled to convince investors that his goals were realistic. It was a huge goal. Nothing to do with the fitness, that lack of oxygen, but it was because he had a big goal and nobody said it ain't going to happen. But it is absolutely so inspiring. 14 peaks, uh, six months, six days. I mean, it took me bloody 10 hours to do Snowden. <laughs> and he did like Everest in like two or three days. And when you watch the documentary, if anyone's ever watched it um, before, there's a part where he goes up to, I think, Everest and everybody's kind of knackered. They've, they tried to attempt the last kind of peak bit. And um, he says, no, 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 we, we can do it. He's full of positivity. You know, he's part of this project. And then what he does is he leaves at nighttime. And because everybody's like, no, we can't do it. You know, we've got that belief we ain't gonna be able to do it. He goes up and he actually puts the guides in as well. So he actually does extra work, not just climbing up by the other guides. He, you know, builds and um, implants the guides into the mountain to help the rest of the team. So then after he climbs the peak, everyone that said they couldn't do it then uses his guides. It's truly phenomenal. And there could be some references. Who knows? But it links quite nicely, ironically. Check it out. Um, yeah, yeah, to the pyramid. So I've actually, um, and, and David hasn't paid me to say this, I promise you, but I actually did David's course last year because I had a big, huge goal that I wanted to get an online course out. So fans of this podcast will know that I've talked about this before about my How to Create a Magical Customer Experience online course. That sounds like a shameless plug. It's not. But I had this opportunity where I wanted to create a course and I used your pyramid scheme, a pyramid scheme, not a pyramid scheme, Ignore that everyone. <laughs> it's a pyramid strategy. There we go. Let me tell you, Tupperware now. <laughs> That's it, yeah. It's a pyramid strategy. And I actually used it, which we'll talk about in a second, to create the online course, publish it, market it, and sell it within five days. Literally from scratch. Which, um, obviously, I know that I'm holding it up for the, the people who are watching this. Here it is. Now, I'll put a picture of this on LinkedIn. It's absolutely amazing. But, David, for the listeners who don't know about this, because uh, I think it's absolutely, truly wonderful, tell us what is the pyramid strategy, uh, not scheme. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the pyramid, I've got to be honest with you, the pyramid is only a pyramid because at the time I'd been on a holiday to Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And, and I was absolutely blown away by how they had done what they'd done yeah. at the time they did it and how they did it. And I'd got, I'd got the process in my head from my research, but I hadn't got a model to hang it on. So I'd got the skeleton, but I hadn't got the meat to put on it. And it, the two just seamlessly went together. Now, I didn't just go out and go, hey, I've got this model. Let's, you know, I went and proved it both with myself or the people before I started shouting about it. But it, the, the, the process itself hangs into a triangle or a pyramid. The process is set a really big purpose-driven goal. And for those who don't understand what I might mean or assume that they know, but are hesitant, a purpose-driven goal is a goal 
that excites you so much that you've got a reason why you must achieve it that is bigger than any fear or insecurity you have around it. Because it's those fears and insecurities that will stop us, not our ability, not our intellect, not our ability to learn and apply new skills. It is nothing more than having a fear bigger than our purpose. When we have a reason why we must achieve something, we tend not to give in. We tend not to walk away. We, all of us have had moments in our lives, even if it's only one, but for some of us are many, where you get knocked down. But because you've got a reason to get up again, you look it in the eye and go, is that all you got? And you stand up and, you know, like Rocky, Balboa, you, know, you, you go again and again and again. So number one, have a purpose-driven, massive goal. Something that really terrifies your parents when you share it with them. <laughs> Second thing is you get the two things that most of us are afraid of or run away from that top achievers run towards. Right? And these are support and accountability. Get a little group of people. I call them mastermind groups or peer support groups. A little group of people not who are your friends. That is critical. They must be people with different skill sets, knowledge, expertise, and experience to yourself. That way you get a different perspective on your goals. They get a different perspective on, yeah, vice versa. You can help them. They can help you. You know what I'm saying? I should be a speaker, eh? Um, <laughs> so you get this peer group and you brainstorm each other's challenges and opportunities towards your massive goals. So number one, purpose-driven massive goal number two get support and accountability and brainstorm the uh, the goal three which most people will go oh yes of course obvious hardly anybody does this properly you prioritize that list of tasks in order of importance and scariness to the goal so whatever scares you the most or is most mission critical is number one next two next three four five and so on and so forth the whole list you then take said triangle or pyramid with rows and blocks in, and most people think you start at the top, but you don't start at the top of a mountain. That's you start right, yeah. at the bottom. And a pyramid as a structure, like the building you're sat in and I'm sat in hotels, it has foundations. So your foundation blocks are your bottom one, sometimes two rows of blocks, and you transfer your list Number one, most important critical task, into the bottom block of your pyramid, and you populate the first few rows with the most important tasks, the next few rows with the next important, and the least important towards the top. Then, my little chickens, whilst, whilst your time, energy, motivation, and resources at its greatest, you absolutely give everything you've got whilst your fear is at its least and your motivation at its greatest, you try and smash the big sprout tasks first. Mm. The critical thing to do is when you've populated your pyramid, look at every single task in each block and by itself, ask yourself, that thing alone, could I do that? That thing, could I do that? And if you say yes to every single thing, here's the, here's the kicker. You've got a massive goal. But every single step by itself is both per se realistic mm. and achievable. Yes. So what's stopping us? What is stopping us? Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's it's where I've done it twice now, one for the online course, and I did it for season three of this podcast because I wanted to get a patron out there. 
Hey, it's Ricky, and I'm just pausing the episode just to remind you that if you do love this episode, then head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a quick little review. Even if you don't want to write anything, you can just click the five stars, leave a rating, and it helps this podcast get shared to more people around the world. Now, I know that you're a really nice person and you listen to this episode, so thank you. So let me know what you think. I would love to hear your thoughts. Keep on being awesome, and let's go back to the episode. Goodbye. Um, linking with this and uh, it's brilliant it, it's amazing isn't it that how something having something so much bigger um, improves the results but but why does this happen then if we're going to go for like big massive goals compared to mediocrity we don't want to be mediocre in life why is it that bigger goals can sometimes improve success I'm guessing there must be some sort of uh, data on the success rate of having a bigger goal compared to realistic goals there, 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 there are two reasons why we tend to get really passionate about big goals and achieve them. Uh, number one is because they're exciting, damn it. You know, it, it, we can say, um, okay, let's do a car boot sale and raise £50 for charity. Or why don't we try a world record car boot sale? Hire the NAC car park. Let's get 10,000 cars, each of them paying us a tenner for the privilege. And all of a sudden, the poof, the, yeah. the excitement, the passion grows, and momentum, more importantly. Um, the second thing is, I've already stressed the purpose bit, is when you have a reason why you must, the the, the obstacles, the hurdles, the, you know, when you fall over and face plant on the tarmac and when you fail, pick yourself up again, and, you know, all of a sudden there's not enough money or you've got to book this and you haven't got everything in place and you, uh, you feel really compromised and stressed. When you've got a reason why you must, you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you very kindly alluded to the charity fundraising records that we set. Um, we, we asked Cancer Research, we asked them because we'd never fundraised before, uh, could we do one event using our model and hopefully raise £50,000? They laughed us out of the room. They, they basically said, bye, little person, you can't do it. You know, <laughs> we're experienced, you know nothing, goodbye. Now, I'm... I'm camping it up for the story's effect, but effectively they did. Yeah. What they didn't know is that a few months earlier, I'd lost my mum to cancer very suddenly. And on her deathbed, I promised her, I'm going to do something significant in your name, mum. So when they left me out of the room, it was one of those, over my dead body, am I going to fail? Yeah. Yeah. I had a reason why I must. You purpose, yeah. Yeah. And, and goals with a purpose. And I, I don't say this literally, but a, a goal with a purpose can make people borderline unbeatable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a fantastic achievement that. And, you know, obviously sorry to hear about that, but what a wonderful way to to um, remember her memory of that, you know, achievement. Um, the, the NIMS thing as well links really well to that, the whole idea of purpose. He was told constantly, no, this isn't realistic, isn't going to happen. But he wanted to prove people that someone in Nepal, not in Western society in America, can do this and your purpose is then what carries you forward. I love that. I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, it's interesting to think about some of my goals that I've wrote down this year. And I'm thinking, well, what actually is the purpose behind that goal to make it even bigger and huge? Um, I, I, yeah. I love, I love what you said there, Ricky. Love yeah. that because it's really good. That, that, and I'm not blowing smoke. That is actually a measure of your emotional intelligence. Oh, thank because, you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really mean that because sometimes it's really good to look at what we do and why we do it. And if we don't know, 
Yeah. Maybe maybe we shouldn't be doing it. And sometimes yeah. it's really good for us to find that out. Yeah. Than, than spend days, weeks, months, or even years of our life chasing something. And then we get it and go, it's not what I wanted. Yeah. Not yeah. enough. I mean, how, how many people, I mean, all of my friends are petrol heads, right? They've got, they're into their cars. You know, we could be standing outside a pub on a summer's day and a car goes past and I'll go, that was a Maserati Scooby-Doo 3.5 ejection turbo. <laughs> I'll go, it was a red one. You know, I, I'm not a car person. But... But um, I forgot the point I was making there. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about emotional intelligence uh, about... That was it. Yeah. That was it. So w- when we have that that reason why we must, we tend to overachieve. Mm. We, tend, we tend to overachieve. And most of us, most of us are full of insecurities. We either didn't, don't think we're good enough, clever enough, tall enough, handsome enough, personable, or uh, we, we don't think we've got the right skills, the right knowledge, the right expertise, the right experience, the right money in the bank. And, and all of us, we say things like, um, oh, that, this is why I was talking about the car thing, right? because um, s- some of my friends, they go, oh, when I'm rich, I'll have this car. And I know they won't be happy when they get that car because they don't know why they want it. it. That happiness will last six weeks. Yeah. And it's just a car. Yeah. If they know why they want the car. I've, I've got some friends who are in Harley Davidson's, uh, Harley Davidson group, and all of them got together and started doing bike rides. And after a while, it just became another bike ride. Yeah. Then they started taking kids with special needs and people with disabilities on bike rides. Yeah. Oh my God, the things yeah. they've the places they've been, the joy they've brought. And all of a sudden now they're on a, like a mission. So when you've got a reason why the mundane becomes a joy. I love that. Absolutely amazing. I'm going to shout out here to Nilesh Bhatia, who's part of my mastermind this morning. We were talking about these this idea of goals and we were talking about, you know, like turnover, what we were probably wanting to achieve. And then the question that we were asking about is, well, actually, what, what is enough in life? You know, what, what do you actually need to have your life and your quality of life and to do all these things? And sometimes a lot of people out there go, yeah, yeah, I want to earn 100K this year, whatever it might be. But but what's the purpose behind that? Why? Why do you need 100K? Like that flash card? I, I don't need it. Well, so why is that a goal? Why can't it? Why can't you focus it on something else, maybe like a, a spiritual goal or something that's more meaningful but why is that something? And, you know, so shout out to Nilesh, obviously, it was a great conversation this morning, but I think sometimes we do need to go back and look at what is it we're actually doing in life? Where are we actually going? And uh, what's really important to us, you know? Well, before yeah. I learned that, before I learned about the purpose side of goals, I don't I don't mind. I mean, I, I don't normally shout about this because it's one of my the bad bits of my business, but um, <laughs> I nearly said failure there, but... Um, <laughs> When I first started speaking as professionally, I had this dream, like most people do, of becoming this international corporate keynote speaker. And after three or four years, I was doing all right. I was traveling the world, going to places. What I very quickly realized, though, is that I do not like being by myself in hotels, in airport departure lounges, sitting in taxis and conference centers. Everyone goes, but you get to travel the world. No, you see Airport departure lounges, taxis, hotel rooms, and conference centres. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time in airport departure lounges. And I thought, I don't want this. 
you know, I'd, to, to quote, is it Stephen Covey? You know, I had my ladder leaning up against the wrong wall. Yeah. And by chance, someone asked me if I'd go and speak to their students in a school. And I went into the school thinking I was the big professional speaker. These kids tore me apart, Ricky. I mean, there was <laughs> yeah. a shred of humility left in me. They they emotionally and mentally raped me, right? They, <laughs> they, they tore me into little bits, chewed me up, spat me out and made me into a burger, right? And I loved every second of it because they humbled me and they made me realise that actually if I can get through to them, there's a purpose here because in the corporate world, don't get me wrong, I, I still do corporate work and I love it and I love serving adults, but I only do that so that I can serve young people. Yeah. And my work is so purpose-driven. You know, I, I, and I say it tongue-in-cheek, but honestly, people get in my way, I'm rolling them over. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I used to be terrified of hecklers and questions and challenges. Now, as I walk on stage, I... We stuck oh, there we go. We lost you for a second. You were about to say, yeah, now you walk on stage. I think you're going to say embracing it all. No, I don't embrace it. I challenge them. I, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit bullish now. I, I look at them and in my head, I go, come and have a go then. Bring it on. You're having it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. I, I think there's probably um, as well here, there's a link here, isn't it, to what we see in society. I mean, I'm someone asked me the other day, I'm on a podcast in a couple of weeks' time, what would you like to put in Room 101? And I, and I said social media sometimes because I hate the fact that you go on to social media and sometimes you'll see people obviously showing off their flash cars, their flash watches and all that. But actually... A lot of people will compare themselves to that, thinking, well, I need to achieve that goal. I need to earn a million pounds so I can be like that. But actually, that's not the meaning of life, is it? It's about your purpose and what's really important to you. For me, at the minute, I'm on this crazy adventure to unlock the best version of myself. And how can I learn from those learnings and talking to people like yourself to help other people, the, the normal guy, you know, or the normal person to be a success in life and have a wonderful life or a life that's full of meaning. Um, I, I think it's so powerful. Absolutely. Purpose driven all the way. Um, now, David, as we kind of um, wrap it, I know that there's something I wanted to talk about as well, which was the rhino. Uh, obviously, the rhino is everywhere when I see. It. And also, I'm loving the TikTok videos as well. Loving though. They're always peering in my feed. So if you haven't seen David's uh, stuff on TikTok, check it out. Full of value and full of content as well. But great. But um, I know that the idea, I've talked about this on the podcast before, the definition of madness or insanity doing the same things over and expecting different results, which is the cow part of the cows versus rhinos. But if you could, would you mind sharing us the idea of the cows and the rhino thing and where that's come from? Sure. Um, after 24 years of research, my fragile ego wishes I was remembered for my research. Um, sadly, I'm remembered for a two-minute story in my talks about cows and rhinos <laughs> <laughs> um, because it sticks with people. <clears throat> and the, the story comes from a book written by Scott Alexander, who's this wonderful, crazy, inspiring Californian guy who in 1980 wrote a book for his multi-level marketing business um, called Rhinoceros Success. Okay. Wow. Now I'm saying this tongue in cheek because I don't really mean this, but the book is everything that's wrong with the personal development industry. It's a thin book, large print, lots of pictures, right? <laughs> what I call to, you know, toilet reading or yeah. <laughs> airport departure lounge reading. And, but the book was, uh, when I asked Top Achievers, a, a, a flippant icebreaker question or a closing question, which is, is there a book? Not that you think that's a great book. I mean, game changer. Which book has changed your life more than any other? 
above any biography, autobiography, business or strategy book, sales marketing book. By a country mile, the most common book quoted is Scott Alexander, Rhinoceros Success. So I begrudgingly read this book and I was so motivated. (laughs) Me, a brummie, I was motivated. (laughs) And so I interviewed Scott and cows and rhinos. Cows, I'm dumbing this down, 97% of the population hang around with the same people, do the same things I've always done, get the same results, and then moan about it. Chew grass, moo, <laughs> get milk. <basically. laughs> yeah. But yeah. 3% of the population, rhinoceros. They see what they want, they go. They're not elephants. They don't tread on people to get what they want. They charge at the goal, or in rhinoceros, a Land Rover. And <laughs> <laughs> so don't drive a Range Rover. <laughs> the, the, the twist here is that if you speak to psychologists on the subject of um, productivity and happiness, they say between 2 and 3% of our life, we're awesome. We're awesome. And um, we allow ourselves the luxury of mediocrity the rest of the time, 97%. The flip is actually true. 3% of our life is terrible. We can choose 97 mm. And sometimes it's harder to choose. Every single one of us have stuff in our life from time to time. But we can choose. We can choose our response to situations. We might not be able to choose the situations, but we can choose our response. And by going a little bit more rhino, a little bit having it, charge, and a and a little bit bigger goal, a little bit of a reason why, a little bit more certainty around the information we use upon which to make our judgments, assumptions, and decisions – we just become more effective, mate. Yeah, I love it. This, this is on a previous podcast episode about how there's only ever three responses we have control of, our thoughts, the visual images or stories we tell ourselves and our behaviour. You know, we can't control sometimes the event, like the pissing lockdown, what happened in 2020. But what we can control is what we do with it and uh, be more rhino. Love that. Well, David, I've got uh, just two or three questions before we wrap this up. Thank you, firstly, for uh, a wonderful conversation. I've really, really enjoyed this. Um, I'd love to ask you, um, for anybody that's listening who's thinking, do you know what, if you're really inspired from this episode, I'm going to go set a huge goal right now. What top tip would you say to them if they're going to go away now? Uh, probably just re-listen to this episode, really. That's probably what they should do. But what one thing should they do right now if they're going to sit down and write down their goals for 2022? You mean other than get the video course on... Custom Ooh. service by Ricky Lock. Um, the... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what I want to say is, see, you can't pick yourself up, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, one thing they would do, lots of people, when, when I tell them all the things I've managed to do since the age of 30, they go, I want to go on an adventure. And the quickest way to get the confidence to set bigger goals is to evidence to yourself that you can do things you didn't think you were able to do. So sign up for an adventure, sign up for a challenge, go and live in a donkey sanctuary in Peru or go and, you know, abseil off West Bromwich Building Society's head office. Don't do that, not without permission. Um, but, uh, you know, go go on a sponsored walk, a trek, a silent retreat sign up to do something go somewhere have experiences when you have experiences you get stories and when the more true stories you've got the more confident you become 
Mm. Um, and, and I draw the line between arrogance and confidence. You become more confident, more resilient. People who go nowhere and do nothing tend to get very little. People who go places and do things tend to get more. So go on an adventure. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Love that. Brilliant. And the next question is, I've got two here for you, actually. But what do you do, your own personal thing, that helps you be the best version of yourself? What is it? Um, if you speak to my wife, she'd say he only does this one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to accept that I'm immature. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm a 55-year-old bloke. In my head, I'm still 14. If someone breaks wind, I find that very funny. You know, if <clears throat> Jimmy Carr, the comedian, mm. he he's he's introducing himself differently to how he used to now because of the world being so politically correct. And I love what he says. He says there's a difference between bad things and jokes about bad things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One is real. One is a joke about the thing. And I'm not excusing anything that I think because I don't say half the things I think because I'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> but I am sadly able to find almost anything funny. And um, that's not always appropriate. And I used to try and hide it. I used to be, I used to try to be more grown up and serious. Ricky, it was the worst 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> um, I, I just couldn't do it. So now I just accept Dave. You're a big kid. Run with it. And yeah. those who get me, get me. Those who don't, bye. Love it. It, it's, it reminds me of Marie Kondo. If it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. And I think we should do that in our life, shouldn't we? In our yeah. speaking, in our business, where it might be. David, well, my last question related to this for you is, what is your big goal this year? Oh, I'm glad you said this year, because yeah, it's, it's quite specific this year. Mm. Last year, by accident, we had what was close to a record-breaking webinar. We, we, we cannot identify the exact number of people we had on it, but between staff, parents, and students, we had somewhere between 30 and 50,000 people on this webinar. Is it on Zoom? Or? Yeah. No, well, it, we, yeah, we, we, we live-streamed it through YouTube and Vimeo. Yeah. And, yeah, you, I can't remember which platform we used, but um, got some te techies in to run that stuff. Um it, and, and it was a monster hit. And we're thinking, oh, we could help an awful lot of people here. So my goal for this year is to try and do a proper record-breaking webinar. Amazing. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Well, Dave, if they want to, if people want to find out more about you, uh, obviously I know you have amazing courses and I, I did the course which was on Udemy, which I think is on David's website as well. And if they want to keep in touch and find out how you uh, proceed with the uh, the big record-breaking webinar, how can people find out more about you? Thank you for the opportunity of saying this. I, I'm over social media like a rash um, that you don't want to speak to your doctor about. I'm, I'm <laughs> new videos every day on YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, blah, 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 Facebook. Track me down, hunt me down, stalk me, and don't stalk me. And um, <laughs> if if I can help in any way, just shout. If anybody wants access to the video courses, go to David Heiner, H-Y-N-E-R, davidheiner.com, or stretchdevelopment.com, and there's a link there to my video page. Brilliant. David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show, and uh, best wishes to you and your family this year. Cheers. God bless you, Ricky. And there we go. 
Well, smart goals really don't work. It is all about massive, huge goals. So what if you was to take away from this episode a little bit of an evaluation of your current goals and find out what is the purpose, what is the why behind each goal, and how big is it really? Is it achievable? Is it realistic? If it is, then maybe it is a smart goal. And remember, smart goals don't work. We don't want to do achievable or realistic goals. And as David said, it is massive, huge goals that is the way forward. But as always, thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you coming along and enjoying our conversation. If you did like this episode, then head over to Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or even now Spotify, where you can leave a lovely little rating and tell us what you think about the episode. And as always, a huge, huge shout out to the wonderful patrons of this episode. Thank you, Anthony Howe, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott, and Rory Barnes for your continued support. It really means a lot. Thank you very much. Have a great day, night, wherever you are. Enjoy yourself. And I will see you on another episode on Unlocked. Goodbye.